Amnesty Secret Santa Comedy Podcast with Christian O'Connell. Hello and welcome to Amnesty Secret Santa Comedy Podcast, live from Shoreditch in London. I'm your host, Christian O'Connell. I shouldn't actually be here tonight. Um, tonight is my eldest daughter, right? She's eight. It's her school um, nativity play um, tonight. I know. Um, but to be fair, I have been to three years of her shitty plays. So any gig, it's better to be here. And I tried to explain last night, which is like, why aren't you going, you know? Because I don't know about you, but years ago, mum, mums and dads hardly ever came to our school plays, right? Your mum would, but your dad never would. Okay, but now if, if the dad's not there, it's like some form of abuse and people talk like, have you heard Terry's not here? It's like a really big deal. Was, I never even thought to ask my dad to come to any of my like, school plays or anything like that. But she's really upset yesterday and I was sort of saying, well look, I'm doing this thing, it's a charity thing, it's called uh, Amnesty. And it's a really important charity, you know, and they help people of all ages, some of your age, some of my age, all over the world, who are in really tough situations, having a really tough time. And so, just by doing this little thing, Santa can't be with you, but helps raise a, a tiny bit of money for a really good cause. Just kind of just processed it all and just said, why couldn't they do it another night? Okay, this is a free podcast. Uh, everyone who's here tonight and his performers given up their time for Amnesty. Uh, so if you want to do your bit to help, please keep listening to the end of the show and you can find out how you can do your bit. Um, let's crack on with the show. We have live music tonight uh, from this guy, Owen Parker. Please give him a round of applause. You, 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 you're you're going to be doing some jingles for us tonight. Yeah, I've decided to trawl Wikipedia and uh, I'm effectively doing Wikipedia the musical. So... <laughs> It's lazy, I know, but I've taken, well, I've just Googled the name of the person and uh, I've set the Wikipedia to music. Fantastic. So, um, have, you got something, have you got something for me? Of course I have. Christian O'Connell has long been a fan of Hollywood action man Steven Seagal, who he mentioned several times on radio and remarked that he'd like to meet However, when Seagull rang O'Connell The relationship and understanding between the two was quite difficult and left Connell feeling disappointed Seagull did not understand O'Connell's iconic, ironic personality and sense of humour And as the Observer described it as a spectacularly terrible interview In which O'Connell's questions dropped into a seemingly bottomless well of apathy Thank you very much That is 15 years of radio, right? That is the best jingle when it was ever made for me. And thank you for reminding me of the full horror of that Steven Seagal interview. First of all, let's bring on a megastar, right? Uh, many years ago when I used to do a show on Radio 5 called Fighting Talk, this guy was the star of it, the daddy of it, and he still is. You've seen him on TV. If you ever get the chance to see this man live, please go and see him. He's always brilliant. Please welcome Bob Mills. Thank you very much. Christian O'Connell. God. <laughs> Who'd have thought he gave a toss about anything? Eh? 
I don't mind young people per se, but I see them in a comedy room, I get a little bit tetchy because they've got a certain level of expectation. You've seen Mock the Week, haven't you? <laughs> yes, of course, and you've come here and you're demanding nothing short of cerebral political satire. Well, it ain't happening. Because I've been doing this a long time, too long, let's not beat about the bush. And it's changed radically over the years. People will come out and they'll tell jokes, you love a joke? There's nothing wrong with a joke, is there? It's lovely. But you can no longer make the butt of your joke a person based on their age, their race, their creed, their sexual proclivity, their belief system. Those days are gone, good riddance. But your target area now, minuscule. <laughs> wasps, you can do wasps. <laughs> And certain shirts you can have a little pop at. But I remember when we started this game, I go back 25 years and it was a violent art form. You came to a comedy club, you got you was given. No one complained, you took it, you swallowed it, you walked away. There was no PC, it was really, really a violent, nasty... And I miss that a little bit. <laughs> but it's a simple thing and it hasn't changed. Let's all get together in a room and let's find something that isn't us and let's laugh at it. <laughs> But that which isn't us has now changed over the years, quite rightly, because of organisations like this. So I say a silent prayer of thanks every day of my life to the one group of people we can say whatever we like because the normal rules of politeness and privilege don't apply. You don't like them any more than I do. I've just been brave enough over the years to stand with a microphone and say it out loud, all right? Fat blokes. <laughs> oh, they disgust me. The fat blokes with the excuses. I've got an overactive thyroid. Uh, you've got an overactive knife and fork as well, haven't you? <laughs> now, leave it out. I'm big boned. Yeah, you would need to be. <laughs> so that's a little bit of irony for you, you see? <laughs> Truth be told, I'm three pounds over my optimum weight. <laughs> Although we have something in this country called the height-weight ratio scale. You can check it online. I've had a look. Turns out, weight-wise, spot on. <laughs> I should be 17 foot four, apparently. <laughs> No, I'm a little bit tubby. I'm not putting out as a lifestyle choice. Obviously, I'll do anything to lose weight, apart from eat less or exercise. But <laughs> The worst day for the fat boy is coming around again after Christmas, February the 14th, Valentine's Day. Champagne, flowers, perfume. It's horrible, I hate it. Last Valentine's Day, I was in the West End of London, and I found myself, quite by chance, outside Anne Summers, okay? And I stood outside and I thought, I'm going to get some of that stuff for my wife. I'm going to spice that up for Valentine. Why not make it special one night? You know, the nice gear, they do some classy stuff in there. I got a little shiny rubber nurse's uniform. <laughs> no, because she wanted the job. She fairly examined, bless her heart. And I got some stockings and suspenders and I got a little pack that they do in there. Edible panties. <laughs> I had the buggers on the way home. <laughs> You're going to be a lot of fun tonight. I'm going to go and sit with Christian. Cheers. Chris? I'm very well. Hang on, Owen's got a jingle for you. Go on. Bob Mills is a regular pundit on BBC Five Lives Fighting Talk. And it's the holder of the coveted Copper de Quas and Simon awarded to the annual Fighting Talk champion of champions. Having defeated Martin Kellner in the 2010 final, he subsequently said that this was his most prestigious achievement in a life of anonymity. Bob Mills. 
Thank you. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well. Thank you very much for coming along tonight. I, uh, I, I was talking at the top there about um, how uh, it's my daughter's, you know, never typically play, right? Your kids are a lot older now. Lot you older. must have had to do all that. I tell you what, my... Both of my kids went to, went to what they call progressive schools. And I used to go to the nativity. And uh, sometimes, I remember at my boys' school once, bless his heart, and I remember sitting watching it thinking, this ain't it. Where's the three wise men? Where's the three wise men? There weren't 11 of them. <laughs> but the role they had was whatever you wanted to do, you applied for a role in it. At one point, I swear to God, there was a crib there. There was, there was some one kid as a, dressed as a sheep because his mum had the costume. There was a crib there. There was, there was four little girls and nine boys in there because they all wanted to be Mary and Joseph. And if they, if they want to, they should be allowed to. And then you got the one kid who's just, you know, his parents aren't pushy and he's standing there and he's like, look, how many sheep do you think there were? And you, I've got to look after them all myself. I'm one shepherd in this whole thing. There's 19 wise men, seven Josephs, and I'm the only shepherd in the thing. Right, because this is the uh, secret podcast, if you've listened to some of these podcasts and you've been following the ones that were done in Edinburgh, uh, there were quite a few secrets that were revealed there from people like uh, Claire Sweeney uh, that said that Bill Clinton made a pass at her. Uh, comedian Danielle Ward um, had it off with Russell Brand and the boy with tape on his face uh, actually told Russell Kane's real age as opposed to his showbiz age. If, you, if you've missed any of that, they're worth getting a download on iTunes. Have you got a secret you can oh, share with us tonight, Christian, Bob? you know I've got millions of secrets. <laughs> my whole life is a secret. This voice, you know very well, this voice ain't my voice. You're, you're, you're a method actor. No, I'm, I'm from up north, right? <laughs> you see, I swear, I promise you, I look at, look at Wikipedia, I was born up north, I was born in Chester, which is a very nice town, if you're either very young and happy or old and retired. But, and when I was 16, I moved to London. I came to London on my own. And on about the second day, I went for a job. I saw a job interview in a paper, and I went up to someone and I said, uh, Excuse me, I've got to get to a place called uh, Denman, Denman Street. Do you know which bus I could get? And this, there were two young brothers, and they went, What can you get, mate? And I said, Which bus? And they said, Bus? We don't have buses down here, mate. Bus? What's a bus? Hey, everyone, does anyone know what a bus is? And I thought, I ain't big enough, I ain't clever enough to be made fun of. So within 48 hours, I was talking like this. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Danny Baker used to say about me that I bought my accident at a boot sale in Stockwell. <laughs> and one day it may fit me. That is, but, I did not know that. Give it up for Bob Mills, everyone. Catch him live. Thank you very much, Bob. Uh, let's have some more stand-up comedy now. She's one of my favourites and she's about to become a global megastar with a role in Ricky Gervais's new project, Derek. Please welcome Kerry Godleman. Hello. This is very nice. It's so, it's, it's, you, you, very nice. You look quite nice and smart. I feel a bit scruffy. This is all unironed and I just got salsa down it. So I apologise. I drove to the gig tonight. I shouldn't have really. I could have got public transport. I, I feel appallingly guilty about it. I'm not very good at um, using public transport. I, uh, I'm boycotting public transport, actually. Uh, I don't think they've noticed, but I am going to press on. Uh, <laughs> with the campaign. I, um, I think I jinx public transport. Whenever I get a train, there's some sort of problem or a delay or something like that. I got a train recently.
recently and there was a delay and the tannoy said uh, that the delays are due to some planned engineering works that was the um, excuse that they used i don't know if you're familiar with the phrase planned engineering works they use it they use it quite a lot now i think it's so that you don't kick off because it's all planned but it's quite passive aggressive i think as a phrase uh, i don't think you need the word planned in that sentence really at all because the very least i'd expect is that somebody has planned the engineering uh, works. I can't imagine two engineers walking home from work, walking away from work. You know, me and Terry, we were walking home from work, saw a bit of track out of whack. I was like, come on, Tell, let's just fix that now. He's like, no, Steve, mate, you've got to plan it. You're a maverick. Like, come on, Terry. Seize the day. Are you looking forward to Christmas? Is everybody... Oh, that's genuine enthusiasm. Most people... No, no, there's a proper head shaking there. Couldn't give a toss. Uh, my children probably will be quite excited by Christmas. I find, I've got two kids. I'm very uh, I'm lucky and tired, wrecked. I've got um, a, a sort of older one and uh, a bigger one and a small... Like that sort of size. But they're in the car. And... Um, <laughs> It's exhausting having two children. I, I thought I was tired when I had one, but now I look back on that, that was like having an accessory, really. Now, now that I've got two, I actually think I'm properly wrecked. I actually think that they're trying to kill me. Um, I do, I hear them talking about it on the landing. They, they have little conferences. One's like, right, I'll, I'll get up at five, right? And I'll be inexplicably perky. <laughs> and then just as I'm winding down for my nap, you crank up. Start going mental for Cocoa Pops. She ain't been shopping. <laughs> I think we could kill her. High five. Okay, Owen, have we got a uh, jingle for Kerry? Of, of course we have. Oh. It's from Wikipedia. Kerry <laughs> Godlyman is a British comedian and actress. She's appeared in Lore of the Playground, Spoons, Extras, Rush, Hour, Michael McIntyre's Comedy Roadshow, and Home Time. She also appeared in the 2011 Bird's Eye Polar Bear commercial for their new Frozen King prawns. Thank you. <coughs> So you're going to be a big star in, in Ricky's show, Derek, which um, I don't know how many people saw the, the pilot. I was really surprised by it. I thought it was yeah, really different. Yeah, a lot different. of people seem to be, yeah. Really different. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. And um, what can you tell us about it? Has it been good fun? It has. We shot it in the summer and it yeah. will be on in February. Yeah, and it has. It was a lovely job. It was lots of fun, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people accuse Ricky of sort of, um, you know, being, yeah, bullying and stuff like that. But one thing he did brilliantly in uh, Office and The Exodus is he writes really great roles for women. Like yeah. the Office for, for Dawn. Yeah, so is, is that how you found it as well, Kerry? I did, actually. It was a lovely part. It was a really unusual part. There was no cliché or it wasn't a stereotype. It was a real person and it was really lovely to sort of explore her and, you know, he gives you some freedom as well. You know, it was written, but obviously he lets you kind of try things out and it was really lovely. It was a lovely part. And are you, an, uh, please, I hope you're not, you're not an organised parent. You haven't got all the Christmas presents for the kids. Do you know what? I did it in one hit on Amazon oh, the other day. No. And then someone told me about the tax dodge and I thought, oh no, I feel awful now. Oh, so you're going to give it all back, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've done it. I thought I, I felt like I made time. I did it in one hit on the internet. I've yeah. never done that before. And I felt like I'd been given about two days of sort of panic attacks. <laughs> and where, where are you going to hide it all? Because I remember, right, when you were a kid, your parents were really crap at hiding Christmas presents, weren't they? You made out you had no idea yeah. where they were. And they were always above uh, the dressing wardrobe. Well, they were always up there. So you got a chair. You didn't have a little rummage around. You Mine made out you never know. Mine are too young. They're just not that clever yet. Yeah, but that, that's because of like Shawshank Redemption. They've made a tunnel and that. <laughs> they Do you know. think this is what concerns me? Is the other day I was buying some wrapping paper. Do you think I should have one color, like one type for, and then Santa? Because that's how I sussed it out. Because the wrapping paper was all the same, and I thought, right, my mum's not thought this through. How can Santa? How can Santa have the same wrapping paper as my mum? That's clever. See, I saw that, but didn't work it out as even an adult. <laughs> but you, in your comic you brain as a Santa's young kid... not real, right? Th- I oh. found this whole podcast quite a traumatic experience now. <laughs> Either way, it's coming out in the end, isn't she? And it will know that it's... I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they're going to make that out yeah, anyway. Yeah, so exactly. Lots of get used to it. Yeah. Now, we're asking everyone, like we do with Bob, because uh, this is the, uh, the secret podcast. Can you tell us a secret, Kerry? We're getting a bit of building work done at the moment, and I'm a bit in love with our builder. What? I'm a bit in love with him. I have told what my is this husband. Panto? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pleased that you're quite impressed because I thought everyone would be like, whatever, but it's a scandal. Why are you in love with him? What's... He can do anything. <laughs> I just feel so confident that he can do anything. Are you anything. all kind of girly and... Oh, <laughs> and he's just so quiet and capable. <laughs> He j- I, just, I just love him. I've told my husband. What does he say? He just laughs. <laughs> I find jobs, like little extra jobs. Like I've been sort of prizing skirting boards off the walls. It's like, oh, Pavel, come and see what's happened. <laughs> I just want him. <laughs> OK, Kerry, please stick around. But for now, Kerry Godleman. <laughs> OK, uh, our next guest has a uh, slightly leaky uh, left nipple is a nunchuck champion and once stroked Marilyn Manson's face. Please welcome Joel Dommett. I wonder if we've got some musical for this megastar. Yes, we do. I'm excited. Joel doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so instead I'll sing one of his last tweets. So here we go. Today I opened my advent calendar and behind the door was a real baby dot dot annoying (laughs) Thank you So are you really a nunchuck champion? Yeah, I was uh, a nunchuck silver medalist in 2002 in the Bristol and Gloucester area so, you know, usually gets a cheer, fuck you guys but like, um, (laughs) the... It's an amnesty gig, Joel, and that's a tool of oppression. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. So, genuinely, it was a thing. I, uh, so, were you into your martial arts? And... Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it was, I mean, only two people competed, but, like, it was, <laughs> it was an impressive thing. And basically, like, I used to love it. Like, I probably used to love it because it was the th- I lived in a tiny village, and I used to just stand in my garden for hours just doing it. But I was genuinely amazed. Uh, my mum used to call me uh, my little ninja. <laughs> impressive thing and uh, I, I I was brilliant at it and in, in competitions you don't really you don't sort of hit people with it you kind of just do like you sort of do to music uh, for like three minutes and do all your best moves right I couldn't fight with them but I could bloody well dance with them right and 
I was doing it, and uh, and so I got silver medalist. It was really exciting, and. Um, and then uh, about six months after I won the medal, I knocked myself out of my garden with them. <laughs> and so I stopped doing it, right? And, uh, and this is genuinely true. I remember like doing it. I, I don't remember being knocked out, right? But I do remember waking, <laughs> waking up in my garden, right? Just waking up, just on the floor, just on the grass. And my mum was stood over me and she went, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard come out of someone's mouth. She went, I think my little ninja assassinated himself. <laughs> It's so beautiful. One brief thing then, we're, uh, we want a secret from you as well. I, I use a Boris bike. I know. I mean, you wouldn't think it's look me, but I'm dangerous. Um, but this is, and it's an incredible thing if anyone doesn't do it, because actually it's probably safer than stay, signing at a bus stop at three o'clock in the morning. In the morning right? <laughs> but this, the, the other day, I got a Boris bike home, right? And this, I'm not advocating this. You shouldn't do this, right? This isn't a good thing to do. Uh, but I, I don't remember getting the Boris bike home at all. I did not remember it. But I did remember that I got a Boris bike home when I woke up and it was in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was just there. And I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to take it back today. I'm not going to take it back. And when you have it for more than 24 hours, uh, they charge you £100, right? But um, when you have it for more than four days, right, they charge you £400, right? And then you own it. So I own a Boris bike. <laughs> Thanks very much. It's incredible. I've got it now. Everyone else leases then. I'm like next to them on the road. It's like, this is mine. This is mine. You rent yours. I live on the third floor. It took a lot to drag it up those stairs. You are a sprightly little man as well. Lucky one of those things up. They're huge. I didn't even remember the fact that you would have thought when I got to the second floor, I would have gone, oh, you're supposed to put in the rack. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, uh, Joel, stick around. We've got one more chair to fill tonight on the show. This guy is a Canadian superstar. He is one of the best one-liner merchants around. He's fantastic live. Please welcome to the show, Stuart Francis. <laughs> Owen, have you got a uh, jingle for Stuart? I have. It's from Wikipedia. Stuart Francis, Stuart Francis Delivers deadpan performance with many one-liners Stuart Francis, Stuart Francis Won the award for the funniest joke of this year's Edinburgh Finch Fest with You know who really gives kids a bad name? Posh and Banks You just finished a huge tour. Is it 99 huge gigs? Yes, yeah, it was amazing. I tell you, you've come out tonight. You're not sick of trying to make people laugh. No, you'll, you'll see, I, I won't. <laughs> I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that last Sunday. So, are you kind of now decompressing after doing a Very huge much so. tour? Very much so, absolutely. Like uh, just resting my laurels and then uh, off to uh, Vietnam and Hong Kong next week with my uh, lovely young wife. Cool. Oh, is that what going to be for Christmas? I, I was thinking like 40 years ago, you wouldn't have said you're going to go to Vietnam to relax, but that, that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's, what we're, that's what we're doing. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Are there certain places when you're touring that you really look forward to? They're always really good comedy towns and some a bit harder. Yeah. Too middle class and maybe a bit sleepy. And... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all that. Um, but there's some uh, back and beyond. You would expect them to be more grateful that you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but... Aberystwyth, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have it. They just, they, 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 they just stared at me. Like, do you know how far I've come to? Uh, but uh, yeah, I had some 99 uh, dates. Uh, 96 were just magical, and, and three were 
uh, great. So uh, very, uh, no, it, was, it was a great tour, and I'm very grateful for the experience. Now, can you tell us a secret like Joel and Kerry? Yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a huge crush on Kerry's uh, Polish builder. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's mine. You know, he could yaksha my mayash all day week, all the day of the week. But, uh, but yeah, um, no, I have no secrets. Um, my British wife might be listening. So other than my Canadian wife and family, I've got no, <laughs> no uh, hi to them. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Stuart Thank Francis. you. Yay. <laughs> Okay, uh, we've got one of the brightest stars on the UK comedy circuit, soon to be a household name. Please welcome Matt Winning. How you doing? Uh, lovely to be here. Jokes, ladies and gentlemen, they are my currency for the evening. Your currency is laughter. Now let's work on that exchange rate. Uh, some people say Robert Mugabe is a terrible dictator, but I uh, used to be his secretary, and he was always very articulate. Yeah? This morning I was at the funeral of a chicken. Uh, it was a chicken that had recently been decapitated, uh, which was weird, uh, but still incredibly moving. Uh, some people say Robert Mugabe. Uh, He's not a fit head of state, but I uh, recently did a half marathon with him, uh, finishing quite a respectable time uh, for a man of his age. Little running joke for you there. <laughs> hey? Hey? Uh, I'm just going to briefly talk actually about the, the two people that have influenced me uh, to, to do comedy. The first one is, is my own father, uh, because he genuinely is the least funny person uh, you will ever meet in your entire life. The only way I could describe him to you, right, is the kind of guy that would open a party popper directly into the bin. <laughs> yeah, so that's my dad. And the other person, the other person that, uh, that influenced me a lot uh, to, do, to do comedy, I don't know if you remember me mentioning him before. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that Robert Mugabe, you remember? Yeah, and I was his secretary every day, actually, for uh, a number of years. Um, and every day I dictated his, his diaries. And we've actually, we've collected them all together. Um, and we're going to publish them uh, this year uh, with the help of Amnesty International. <laughs> no, um, but I'm just going to do a quick reading from it. This is the book here. Um, provisional title. It's actually going to be called Zimbabwe the Mugabe. Uh, so I'm just going to do a quick reading from this for you. Just <laughs> I just ate a massive bag of cheesy what's-its! <laughs> there you go, that's that one. <laughs> um, this is the uh, 4th of October, 2008. Today I met the president of Botswana. What a boring man. He kept talking all day long, blah, 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 the economy, blah, blah. But in my head, I had the song, girls just want to have fun, <laughs> by Cindy Lauper. And when it got to the bit at the end, where she sings, I just wanna, I just wanna. In my head, she was singing, a Botswana. <laughs> 
Also, I'm so sick of eating carbs every day for three weeks. Pasta, pasta, pasta. Me and my secretary are training for this half marathon. <laughs> I cannot wait until it's over. And it is over, and that's me. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Keep listening to find out how you can help Amnesty International. I hope you can get involved. It's a great cause. That's us for now. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another podcast next week. I'm your host, Christian O'Connor. We are here to give you information about Amnesty International. Not enough of you are Amnesty members. Are you a member? Put your hand up if you are not a member of Amnesty International. That's a better way of doing it. Right, there's a woman there. She's not a member of Amnesty International. Right, everyone else, kill that woman. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. She disagrees with freedom of speech. <laughs> I, we're not either. That's the thing. We're such idiots. We're doing an Amnesty gig. We're not even members. I, don't, I thought Amnesty was a made-up word. <laughs> that was Russell Brand and Noel Fielding on stage at the Secret Policeman's Ball in New York in 2012. If you would like to hear more of that kind of thing and you'd like to help Amnesty International, then why don't you buy a copy on DVD? It features Eddie Azard, Coldplay, Hannibal Burris, Catherine Tate, Jack Whitehall, Ben Stiller, Sarah Silverman, John Stewart and loads and loads of others. You could also buy The Secret Policeman's Ball book, A Poke in the Eye with a Sharp Stick. It's packed full of comedy gems from Amnesty's famous Secret Policeman's shows invented by John Cleese and friends and featuring some of the funniest voices of the last 30 or so years. It's really very, very funny. Trust me, I've read it. Both are available via Amnesty's online shop, amnestyshop.org.uk. 